Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to a win streak here on Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here what? alongside Dan Terhart. Dan, how are you doing today I'm doing this uh, win streak that we're, we're experiencing? I'm doing here? great. Uh, man, it feels a lot better than 0-4, doesn't it? <laughs> You're right. Think not about that. Bar to, not a high bar to clear, but we'll take it. After four matches last season, we were going, what's wrong? What, I don't get it. What, what's, they look good on paper. <laughs> yeah. Everything looks great on paper. The lineup's great. And just then we were 0-4. You just couldn't stop a shot last year and couldn't make a shot last year. This is, yeah, this is a lot of better. All of a sudden, with essentially the same team, bar like maybe Luis Amaria, be, Luisa Amaria and Kevin, Kervin Arriaga being the two changes, all of a sudden we can score a goal a game, and all of a sudden we can stop every goal a game. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. So let's jump right into it. Before we do that, though, uh, once again, we are Loon Talk. We are the most unofficial, official Loons podcast out there. Dan Terrar and myself are the radio broadcast team for all Minnesota United matches. Uh, you can hear those on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com. This is a Score North podcast, so we're not employed by the team for this this one hour of time, so we can say whatever we want about the team. Um, so get ready as we dive in to the second straight win for the Loons, a 1-0 win over the San Jose Earthquakes. Dan, it wasn't was the, the most... Uh, it was 1-0 once again. Uh, it wasn't the most exciting affair, but the Loons did it. They get their one goal that they're allowed per game, that they're distributed by the league per game, and uh, they hold off the other team from getting a goal because San Jose, well, to put it lightly, <laughs> kind of sucked this year. San Jose, you know what? The... Uh, the... I don't know if the win in New York 1-0 felt better, but it felt more earned because yeah. actually New York had the better chances. New York had, you know, kind of was kind of was a better team that night, but we found a way to win 1-0. Uh this one was like, uh eh, yeah, we just beat up on a team that's very confused and very hard to watch and we only beat them one to nothing. Same that's kind of, it just felt different. New York played an actual formation. San Jose just threw. <laughs> they they actually Jose, had a plan. It looked like San Jose, when you were watching them, was like one of those kids' soccer games where it's their first yes. year playing soccer, and it's just a clump of kids just running around the yep. field. And That's the dad what it looked like. And the dad coaching didn't really understand formation, so he just put the kids out there. And no, no, no. And, uh... The dad understood formations. He just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, San Jose it, were just ugh. that was a you know let's load up the midfield and then <laughs> and then get destroyed by by Will Trap and Kervin Ariaga. Oh my gosh, <laughs> having six midfielders in there and getting destroyed by two midfielders must be completely yeah. demoralizing. I know, as I if playing for San Jose, an ownership that won't spend a dollar for you guys, wasn't right. demoralizing enough. Now you're six guys in the middle of the field getting destroyed by two. Yikes, man. There's a couple of to- guys on there's a couple of guys on that on that roster for San Jose. One of them's a Minnesotan yeah. who I think would do anything to get out of there. He he cannot want to spend the whole season there, can he? <laughs> no. God, gosh, we no. should I know, we I know should he's rescue the captain. him. I know he's the captain and has been there for six years now, but man, it'd be nice to bring him home because I mean I know yeah. our midfield was, it our midfield's already stacked the way it is, but Putting uh, putting up Jackson Jewell in there <laughs> instead of putting him in as a center back like San Jose has been doing this season for some well, I mean, reason. And they started with they started with uh, um, Rometty at, yeah. at middle back, and then later he was up front, and they moved. I don't know. I, I just 
I think he's, it's like he's trying to do some hybrid new fluid yeah. California fun way uh, soccer, and it's just, it's not working. It was brutal. I mean, it should, it should have been about three or four nil, yeah. but of course, we can't score more than one. But, but why waste the goals if you don't need them? You know, if, if save all them. you need is one, save the rest oh, of the yeah. goals that you're distributed oh, by the league every year. Save that should be the, the that'll be on the t-shirts in the uh, black and blue shop next week. <laughs> all you need is one. <laughs> da, that, da, 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 da. That's the all motto you for need this season. Is one. All you need one is one. Allowed. Hey, yeah. all you need is one. Hey, we've got a plus two goal differential after four games. It's a great start to the season. Hopefully. Just stay plus, man. <laughs> Scored four <laughs> goals, given up two. Uh, yeah, Minnesota just kind of ran rough shot over San Jose. As you said, it should have been probably 3-4-0 because yeah. Minnesota, despite having the less men in the middle of the field, were just running up and down the field all right. night long against San Jose. Every time they got the ball, it was just quickly getting it up to the four attackers, and those guys just had had some fun but just couldn't find a way to score. We'll get to some of the scoring later, but Minnesota won 50-50s. I think this was, we talked about this on the broadcast. Minnesota were just winning the 50-50s all night long, all yeah. over the field. It didn't matter yep. who it was. Robin Lode was winning them. Uh, obviously, Curvin and Will were winning them. The defense was winning them. It just seemed like San Jose, when they saw a Minnesota player coming to get the ball from them, they're just like, it's all yours, man. You can have yeah. it. I don't want it. Yeah, the, the contested balls was uh, heavily in favor of uh, of Minnesota. Um, you know, the funny thing is uh, that I didn't expect San Jose to come in and, and you know, it, before the match, yeah, you thought, well, if we only score one, there's a good chance we're still going to win because <laughs> yeah. of our defense playing so well. And yeah. and you had a goaltender that had a hot hand. Well, it turned out it didn't matter who was playing goal. Um, it could have been you or I because – they didn't get a shot on goal. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the most surprising things. I can't remember a game where Minnesota has kept a team from getting a shot on goal. I can't remember the last time it happened. I know it's yeah. happened. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure, certain it's happened, but it's yeah. been a while. But an impressive performance by the defense, by Dane St. Clair, mm-hmm. even though he didn't really have to do much, and then especially by Kervin and Will, who are just all over the field. If that's going to be the midfield pairing to go forward through this season – once again, tough luck, Asani Dotson. I mean, you, it seemed like you were going to come in and have the the starting spot this season. Then in comes Kervin Ariaga, who just impresses right out the gate, next to your captain Will Trap. But I mean, that's an impressive midfield. And you go from one really good mid, midfield two years ago with Jan and Ozzy. Now you're two years later, and you go to Kervin and Will, and it's like yeah. just hop from one good midfield to the other. Yeah, and I agree. Hassani Dotson is is a guy that just he's he scored a few goals. He scored some big goals for this team. Yeah. He's got a game winner uh, this year, and he's that guy that you want so bad to have in your lineup, but he, you know he doesn't. He, he seriously does not have a position. What is his position? He's a midfielder. Yeah. Okay, we know that, but he's played defense. Probably I don't know if you look it up. He's probably played almost as much time you know, defensively as a midfield. And, and yeah, at first he was behind uh, a guy like uh, Ozzy Alonso. And actually that was better for him because at Ozzy's age, Ozzy wasn't playing 90 minutes. So yeah. that was actually a good situation for him. Now you got this, this just six foot three monster <laughs> named Kervin Ariaga that takes about three strides to cross the oh, field. My goodness. He is so fast. And so much better than we ever dreamed he would be. Um, yeah. 
And, and you know, I feel sorry for Hassani Dotson because every time you put him out there, no matter where he plays, he's you get a great effort out of him. And, mm-hmm. and he does so many things so well um, that you hope that he doesn't get frustrated and, and, and say, hey, if you don't get a spot for me, trade me. Yeah. Get me out of here. I want to play. I want to play a regular – I don't even care what position I'm at. I just want to play. And that we may lose him because of that, but there's nothing you can do about it. But you also you know? kind of feel bad for him because he's got talent to go over and play in Europe. That's something that we noticed as soon as he started getting minutes in Minnesota yeah. that despite his low draft stock when he was coming into the draft and despite MLS soccer and their broadcast, their draft broadcast when he was when he's drafted, like, I don't know who this kid is. Let's move on to predicting the next <laughs> pick. Uh, yeah. He's he's proven to be one of the best draft picks this club has ever had. And he's good enough, I personally think, to go over and play in Europe. And he just can't find minutes here because whatever, whatever for whatever reason, it just seems like this team stocks up on really good midfielders that just get in his way. And whether it's by coincidence or not, it just continues to happen. And he's good enough to break through those two at times. But, I mean, Kervin and Will are putting on performances. You're not going to take them out of the lineups because they're so no. good at stopping counterattacks. And I see those guys starting in two weeks against Seattle, shutting down that good counterattack of Seattle. Yeah. So, yeah. Those two in midfield have been outstanding so far this season. Let's get to the attack because early on in the game, it seemed like they were just taking really long distance shots for no reason whatsoever, considering San Jose's defense was filled with Francisco Calvo and a bunch of midfielders. Mm -hmm. You would figure the attacking (laughs) talent that this team has, the skills that they have with moving the ball around very quickly, uh, that they should just be able to run at those guys, cause some problems and get some easy goals. But for some reason, as soon as they got the ball, like 25 yards out, up until the goal that Luis Maria scored, it just felt like they just wanted to shoot from long distance to try and get a wonder goal in. It makes me wonder if uh, if maybe there was some talk, uh, some of the game prep was, if they're going to give you those shots, let's take them, let's put yeah. some, let's let's force uh, Marcinkowski to make some saves. Because it was almost like you were watching a game plan, and their game plan was, if you get space, you know, in that, 18 yeah. to 25 yards out, take the shot. And it's not um, like Marcinkowski is a bad keeper, so you're not no, going to beat him easily. No, so it, that, but that's just what it seemed like. And then later they went away from that, and uh, they still didn't score anymore. But so, so I mean, what's the difference? They didn't score either. They, you know. Uh, by the way, the one goal they got from Luis Amaria, he had two other chances that were way easier goal scores. Yeah, and he didn't score on those, but he scored on the very difficult one. Well, that's what he did in New York. He scored the <laughs> difficult one, the one he had to come back and get his foot around. And then yeah, but, you remember yeah, the game I... in Philadelphia where he had the two easy chances right in the middle of the box, like maybe one guy around him, and he just decides to pass it off and not take the easy shot. I he... want that guy. We still. I want the guy that scores all the gimmies. <laughs> that would be nice because those are the guys that score twenty goals in this league. Yeah. The guys that finish Luis on the easy it? ones. What? You don't think Luis can get up to double digits? Double digits, but not 20. <laughs> I mean, he promised 26. Well, that was a couple years ago. Well, yeah. He's got four now for the club. So, so I just, it, it, short. you know, the, the, the great strikers score almost all of those easy ones. Yeah. And then they score some of the hard ones too. Yeah. But we got a guy that scores on two of the most difficult scoring opportunities 
so far this year. And he scores on those two, but he's missed a couple of what looked like layups. So yeah. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Luis Amaria absolutely had to keep his concentration yeah. because the cross in from Robin Lode, which is which was a great cross, it got deflected like slightly. And Marcinkowski yep. was coming running out, and Luis Amaria kept his concentration, got his boot on the ball, and lobbed it over Marcinkowski for the yep. long goal of the game. Yeah, it was a good goal. Minute. It was a it was a great it was a great goal. goal. Good ball yeah. in by Robin Lude, um, who played a lot better. He was yeah, much more aggressive. It. Yeah, he's much more aggressive. He was much more involved. He got the assist on the goal. Uh, so I was happy to see that because uh, the last couple of matches were kind of like, where where is he? Yeah. Is there something wrong? So he was he looked good, and that was a good sign. It just would have been nice to get past that one goal, Mark. You're asking for a lot, Dan. We keep saying yeah, it every week. One goal is probably all they're going to do every game, and we'll take it as long as it keeps getting them wins. Second half, Minnesota did a good job of just shutting up shop and not allowing San Jose – Pretty much anything, despite San Jose having 70% of the ball. They only got two more shots uh, off in the second half. None of them, obviously, were on target because we already mentioned four shots total for San Jose on the night. None on target. I think six shots total, actually, on mm-hmm. the night, and none on target for San Jose. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Minnesota had a couple opportunities in the second half to make it 2-0 but failed to capitalize. Uh, they'll need to start converting those chances if they're going to try and stay at the top of the Western Conference like they're at right now. We can get into the standings later if you want, Dan. I know it's early. If you want to, I don't care. It's too early. But if you want to do it, I'll look at it. Robin Lode was caught leaning too far back on one that he sent way over the wonder wall. That should have been an easy goal. And then Franco Fragapane, who came on as a second-half sub, uh, didn't get far enough around Marcinkowski for an easy breakaway, what should have been an easy breakaway goal that would have made it 2-0 in the dying minutes of the game. Yeah, Yeah, the you know those those are those are the goals that you know you got to score on if you're especially yeah, if you're a striker those are your chances those are the uh, opportunities that that you you dream about you know when you're driving to the arena on game day you know wouldn't it be great if i got a clean break in from 35 yards out that would be awesome uh, then i but i won't get a shot off that'd be great to finally convince convert those and be a real complete threat yeah. uh actually i told you before we started i didn't have a one big question i do so cue the sounder one big question 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 all right question. so we'll jump into the standings now the loons after their two wins in a row their two and their first two draws of the season now yep. sitting on eight points they're sitting behind lafc and rail salt lake at the top of the western conference who both have 10 points mm-hmm. minnesota yep. just two points yep, behind yep. them so minnesota in third place in the western conference through four weeks of the season. How much of a contender can the Loons be? I know it's early. This question will be asked throughout the season, um, but the Loons looking really good defensively this year. They just added, and we'll get to it in a little bit, they just added Kamar Lawrence, probably one of the best left backs in the league, to an already good defense. They have two good number one goalkeepers. We've already talked about their midfield. Their attack, once it hopefully at some point gets going, will be really, really dangerous because they have one of the best number 10s in the league feeding the rest of the attacks and really nice passes. How much of a contender do you think the loons can be this season? Are you asking if they can contend to win the West? Are you asking what, what they, what's the best we can expect out of them? Uh, Let's do two things here. How much of a contender for the Western conference can they be? And then how much of a contender for the MLS cup can they be? They cannot, whichever one you want. They, I have to go with, I have to go with the sample size we have this year and with what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. 
And at this point, they cannot contend for the MLS Cup because they only score one goal a match, (laughs) and they didn't score goals last year either. So you can have a great defense, but – you know, I don't think you can win, and uh, you can't win the West scoring one, averaging one goal a game. Yeah. Then you know where you end up if you average one one goal a game, you end up in the middle of the pack, trying to get home field advantage and trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. You're 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 somewhere down there in that range because they play such good defense. They'll they'll stay in it, and they'll they'll be in the battle for the playoffs. Maybe could battle and be close to like last year. Last year they made the playoffs, and for a while, you know, until the very end, they were, you know, thinking they might have a shot at a at a home field spot. So uh, that that's where you're going to end up again this year uh, with a great defense and scoring one goal a match. You're going to with a, a lot of draws, a lot of one, a few one to nothing wins, but you're going to lose two to nothing. You're going to lose two to one. You're going to lose, you know. So it, something's got to change before they're a contender. So yeah. they're not right now, unless. They can, you know, you know, and this was a perfect example last week. Sure, they won. That's great. It was, it was great to get a win at home. But you can't leave two, three really. And I'm not talking about just opportunities to score. I'm talking about, you know, opportunities that should be about a 85% yeah. scoring rate. I mean, these yeah. were, these were, you know. Turn around, pick your spot, kick, you know, just, and they've had a couple of those, not just this last week, but uh, they did against New York. They had one or two of those. So until they get, until they start scoring more than one goal a game, they can, they can make the playoffs, but they aren't going to go any further. Yeah. I, I'm kind of with you. They'll make the playoffs. I think they'll contend for a home field playoff spot. Battling for the West at this rate. Yeah. It's nice to be up in third place. Um, but if, if like we've seen so far this year and so far or from last year, if continuing to score goals is continuing to be a struggle, they're really going to have trouble in the Western conference as the season goes on because you need to score goals and their defense is great. That's fine. That's awesome. You want a solid defense going into the playoffs because you're going to make it really tough on other teams. Right. Oh, I love defense, but you also need your offense to convert on more chances. I mean, they had, they had 1.8 expected goals on Saturday, and that probably should be more because they had chance after chance, and they only somehow get one goal out of it. And I don't against a team like San Jose, who has a shaky defense, who comes into the weekend with one of the worst uh, defenses in the with the worst defense in the league, giving up the most goals in the league. You only somehow get one goal out of it. That's that's a concern for me because mm-hmm. you have. You have the attacking talent. You have the talent there to score more than one goal. For some reason, it's just not clicking through the first four games. I don't know if it's Emmanuel Reynoso not looking as good as he normally does, like he did last year and the year before Mm -hmm. that. He really hasn't played up to his standards so far this season for some reason. Uh, Whether it's him and Amaria still trying to connect, Fragapane is in and out of the lineups because of injuries there. Uh, Robin Lud inconsistent for some reason through the first four games, had a good game against Philadelphia, two bad games, and then another good game against San Jose. It just, there needs to be some consistency and there needs to be more threat coming from the loons attack for them to con- contend in the West and contend for MLS cup. But yeah, they to have me, all the pieces there. If they just need to be, but they need just those fine margins that they're missing on. Yeah. They just but, need to start clicking on them. 
But then, but then you have to ask, are the pieces there? Because see, here's what's changed for me last season. You know, we, we had this bright, shiny new toy and it was uh Fragapane and it was putting load back on the Robin load back on the right side, instead of playing that number nine spot, yeah. Reynoso was getting better. And all we needed was, you know, all we needed was get them healthy. And then they got healthy. And then all we need is a number nine. All right. Now we've got a number nine, we think. And all last season, we kept saying, you know, when they start scoring, they're yeah. good players. When they start scoring, this team's going to be really good. It never happened. So I can't say that this year. To me, it's just got to be, you know, show me. Because I feel like we've had enough of a uh, a good test sample mm-hmm. of this group of four players up front that they aren't going to score three goals a match. They aren't going to score four. They aren't going to consistently put up big goals because they haven't, and they've had a. This is over over a year now, and yeah, so to me, months last year waiting for the right. Score more goals. And I really believe that they were going to figure it out because I believe that you know Robin Lode, uh, Fragapane, Reynoso, and at that time it was Adrian Anu. I really thought there was enough skill there in those four that they would eventually get some chemistry built up and they'd score goals. It didn't happen, and it's not happening this year either. So. Uh, my again, my narrative is, God, I sure hope they get it figured out, but I'm not going to count on it until I see it happen, and then I'll be as excited as anybody when it happens. So, yeah. uh, it just it, you can't keep expecting something, and and I know that's what the coaching staff is going through too. They're going, well, what do we do? We we like our players. I like their players. Yeah, I like the four guys they have up front. I really do. But if they can't score goals, what do you do? I like the four guys they have up front, and I like the depth they have behind them. Like, you have, for some reason, you have a designated player on the bench who's played all of seven or something minutes this year. Yeah. You have you have Longwane, who's shown real good skill already in his first couple games, got the start yeah. on Saturday. You've got, and you still have Nico Hansen, who hasn't played a minute this year, behind them. So you've got, you've got plenty of attacking talent coming off, or able to come off the bench. Yeah, uh, no, you do. Dunlady, who's got the speed. If he can put it together, I mean, that'd, that'd be exciting. But you've got the attacking talent on the bench as well. So it's just like at some point they need to put it together to get more than one goal a game yeah. because the defense can't shut up shop like this all season long. Eventually they're going no, the to have to come there's just There's too many things that can go wrong, and we yeah. saw a lot of that last year, and we saw it in the playoffs. And, yeah, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't go out there and hope you get a goal and then – then try and sit on it against. You can do that against San Jose, but you can't do that against our next opponent. You can't do that against you know half the teams in the league because yeah. eventually you may get away with it once or twice, but uh, eventually somebody's going to get goals on you, and and then you then you end up with a draw in a game you should have won. So yeah. yeah, I hope it turns around. I hope they find that scoring touch somewhere. We'll talk about the next opponent in a little bit, but first we want to welcome the newest loon, Kamar Lawrence, one of the best left backs in the league, played a number of years for uh, New York Red Bulls, then went over to Europe for a little bit, came back for Toronto last year, and then the loons picked him up in a trade for, I think, like $50,000 in general allocation money, and then the rights to a 2021 draft pick who was probably never going to play for the team from last year. Uh, So the loons not really having to give up a whole lot to get a whole lot back. I mean, I cannot wait to see Kamar Lawrence in that defense as a left back alongside the likes of Debassi, Boxel, and and Metanair whenever we get Metanair back. That's going to be, I mean, we talked about it already. This is a really good defense, shutting up shop against some pretty good attacks so far this season, not allowing a whole lot of goals. And now you add 
a defender like uh, Kamar Lawrence, who has the offensive abilities as well, to add to it, that's going to be that's an exciting uh, tool that's going to be able to be used by Adrian Heath in the season to come. Yeah, and we don't know when uh, both uh, Lawrence and Metonair will be available. Uh, boy, we'd hope that there's a chance that uh, they're both back after this two-week break. Uh, because, you know, we, we, we all know that, uh, I mean, I, I have so much respect for, for Metonair just because of the, the way he runs and, and the, uh, the effort he puts in up and down the wing. And then you go to the other side and you've got a guy that should be able to put the ball in uh, maybe even better than Metonair can. So, yeah. yeah, that changes that defense, and then you'd end up with uh, Bakai Debasi back in the middle, probably starting with Boxel, even though Coleman has done a very good job mm-hmm. in filling in because the defensive numbers have been great. So, yeah, that would make the defense stronger, and 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 maybe maybe that turns into a you know you know that's kind of always been the attack mode for this team is you know crossing from the uh, wings, and uh, maybe that's what they need to get back to and. When they get those two guys in there, that should make that a, a bigger part of the uh, the game plan. So, yeah, I hope I hope it turns out great. I hope it helps the offense. Yeah, it should be exciting. Fragapani will be able to tuck in a little bit more now that he knows Lawrence will come up and be able to provide some threat in the attack on the left hand side. So, getting more guys in the penalty box, creating dangerous opportunities, which should hopefully help the attack going forward. Next up for the Loons, we'll talk more about this next week. Uh, just wanted to keep you informed of it. Uh, if you didn't already know, next up for the Loons, April or yeah, April second against yeah, the Sounders April. at Allianz Field. Pre-match six thirty p.m. kickoff just after seven p.m. Uh, Sounders not really off to the greatest to start for them, but they have really been focusing on the Concacaf Champions League. They're in the semifinals against New York City FC, so they're really focused on that. Just one win on the season for them, two losses and one draw for Seattle this season. Uh, Jordan Morris is back for them. They're still, I think. If I remember correctly, still without Rui Diaz. Uh, so they're still missing they, some of their key pieces, but it's Seattle. They're always a danger. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think S- Seattle, at the end of the day, uh, they'll end up probably um, right in the thick of things in the top of the West. Yeah. They always find a way. I think they're one of those teams that just says, you know what? I don't, we're not worried about this. It's early in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll make our run and we'll get back in it and we'll, when we're healthy and stuff. So, yeah, don't don't. It'd be a big mistake for anybody to think that Seattle was was we're going to write them off because Minnesota started zero and four last year and still made the playoffs and still made a run. So, yeah, they'll be they'll be back. It's just a matter of time. Hope yeah. they just don't figure it out. Uh, you know, in the next two weeks. So, yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, it's. If you ever want to face Seattle, unlike last season, we don't have to go over that. Uh, it's really at the beginning of the season when they're kind of just they're, they slow burn their seasons generally. Yeah, they're Seattle. just building. They're building to the uh, to building to the end of the season. So it's a long season. They have time to, to get there. <laughs> yes. Uh, Did you know that 61 percent of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. Next up on the show as we continue to work through a win streak 
here on Loon Talk. We'll look around the league. Charlotte FC, congratulations to them. Uh, we'll bring this up again and in, in write that down. But they got their first win of the season in their history in a 3-1 win over the New England Revolution, which is kind of surprising there because it was 3-1 against Bruce Arena's Revolution. I don't know how that drank. happened. I mean, they're... The Revolution are probably still befuddled how they gave up three goals in the second leg of their CONCACAF Champions League game and then lose on penalties after going up three goals in the first leg. It's just they didn't have a great week. I mean, you lose, you get bounced from the turn, from Champions League, and then you go to Charlotte and get smoked by the newest team in the league who hasn't looked good at all, anywhere near good in their first three games. Just not a... Not a good week for New England, but a great yeah. week for Charlotte FC fans. Yeah, go oh, good for them. That was an exciting win. Keep their fans coming back, I guess. Yeah. Orlando City went out to the West Coast and got their first win since 2015 on the West Coast in a 1-0 win over the Galaxy. And uh, I don't think the scoreline or anything to do with how Orlando played is the talking point from this game, Dan. It's that sound clip that I played for you <laughs> off air. <laughs> That we're going to have to dance around, despite them saying it on national television. Have you ever come close to saying that word while you were on? Uh, well, you could broadcast? play. Can't you play the clip? I don't have it on here, no. Then we're not saying it. Okay. Well, we so, could say it. I'm not going to say it. It's a medical I, term. It's a medical term, but I'm not going to say it. But So when a guy gets hit, you know where. Yeah. And there's a couple of options. We've had to deal with it a couple times. And you know what it is. You hurt. So you, you'll, you'll most, usually what you say is he got in the groin or in the, you know, in the midsection or, you know, but they use the technical, technical word, you yeah. know, that rhymes with weenus. And, uh, and that, and they, and I've never heard a broadcaster use that word because, first of all, when a guy gets hit there and he's in agony, that's it not that why. Part. No, 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 it's because of the other two things. And, and that, that rhymes with halls and that's what hurts. So it was just weird and awkward to hear a network announcer put it that way. Cause it's, first of all, it's just weird to hear that word on, on the air. Yeah. And second of all, it's not accurate. Well, I mean, he did say it hit him there. He didn't say that's what's hurting. Yeah. So but technically that's he is correct. He did get yeah. hit there. I don't think anybody that ever played sports in their life would describe it that way. No, any guy that ever played sports would ever, would ever describe it that way. So it was weird. Yeah. Whatever. It was really awkward hearing it on air. I've never heard it in my life on television used in commentating. So it was just, I don't know. (laughs) Congratulations to Chris Whittingham, I guess. Saying, yeah, nice television. Lowering the bar for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up FC Cincinnati powered by Brandon Vasquez, a journeyman, 23 year old. He's played a couple different places. Uh, Helps. FC Cincinnati get a 3-1 win over Inter-Miami. Two goals, one assist for Vasquez. So Cincinnati going into the break on a win streak. Well, I mean, sort of a break. We'll talk about (laughs) MLS scheduling once again, despite them saying they wouldn't do it. Um, But yeah, FC Cincinnati shocking the world and getting a 2-1 win, their second win in a row. I don't know that if, yeah. I should probably work that into write this down and predict how many wins Cincinnati will get this year. I'm going to have to do that for next week. Take a shot at an under, over and under for Cincinnati. <laughs> Get the Vegas over under for them. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> uh, Chicago Fire whack since or er, Sporting Kansas City three one. Sporting Kansas City just one win and three losses to start the season. Do you Not believe? 
Do you believe Chicago's a better team than Sporting, sporting Kansas City? Uh, I. It's so hard to read Kansas City this year because at the end Alan of the year, has gone. At the end of the year, do you think Chicago will have more points than Kansas City? No, but I don't either. I think I don't either. Closer than a lot of people would think because closer Chicago than, Fire have closer looked, than Kansas City would like it to be. Yeah, Chicago Fire have looked good through the first four games. I mean, Jared and Shakiri is playing his his butt off for his new club, uh, and apparently Gabriel Slonina at seventeen year old seventeen years old is already one of the better keepers in the league, having three shutouts to start the season for Chicago Fire. So they've got their defense figured out. Um, now that Francisco Calvo's gone, they've got their offense figured out. Now that Shakiri's in, and they've got new head coach, they've got a new head coach and Ezra Hendrickson, who's no- who knows the league. Yeah, I think Chicago Fire are going mean, to be probably one of the surprises of the season. I think they'll get to the playoffs. They're, I know no, it's they're only four games in, but they look a lot better than they did last year. There's there's no doubt that they'll be better, but I'm yeah, not, not convinced. Hard, hard, hard I'm not convinced that they're a playoff team. I'm not convinced that the 17-year-old keeper can keep this up throughout the whole season. Yeah. This is a long this is a long this is a long summer as they say for a yeah. for a 17-year-old. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but yeah, hey, I, I Once we get to the summer, he won't have to worry about school. He'll be able to focus just on be, soccer. He won't, he won't have to go to bed early and he's, <laughs> he won't he won't miss practice cuz he's got homework. <laughs> no, and good for him, you know. You think about being 17 years old and being in his position, how exciting for him. Uh, but I just don't know that a 17 year old, uh, he'd have to be a pretty amazing person to be able to hold, keep this up. It is at that age in this league. So yeah. we'll see other news across the league. As we work our way through the league, Jesus or Jesus Ferreira bags a hat trick to lead FC Dallas to a four, one win over Portland. He scored that hat trick. Starting from when he scored the first goal to the third goal, it was just 10 minutes of game time. Just absolutely stunning result. And he now goes into the U.S. men's national team camp looking for minutes in the final round of qualifying. (laughs) That's a good way to do that. And the the U.S. men's national team needing a striker, a number nine, who can actually score goals. Well, Ferrer just showed, hey, hey, Greg, I can do that. Let's go into Mexico and start me, man. So In the final round of games where... The U.S. are looking to qualify for their first World Cup since Brazil. So, did he have how many goals did he have before the hat trick? Were those his first three of the year? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I kind of think they were, which would mean which would mean that he just has one more goal than Francisco Calvo. <laughs> so, settle down. <laughs> yeah, it was his first three goals of the season. Yeah, so he's got one more than Calvo. So let's stop. But- let's let's stop blowing his horn, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's a good way to go into U.S. Men's National Team camp when they're when Greg Berhalter's looking for a number nine who can actually score goals. That's, that's yeah the way you want to do it. Yeah, no, good for him because that's exactly right before uh, right before the break, right before you head to uh, join the national team. Yeah, it's the perfect way to go into it. Just like if you're if you're Dane St. Clair and you're trying to put your uh, bid in to get uh, get yeah. time with the Canadian team, uh, and you post a uh, a league player of the week and then follow that up with another shutout. It's the same thing. You know, they're going, hey, you know, can't ignore this. Look at this. You know, yeah. you want to see the clippings? I got I got press <laughs> clippings. I got right. news release. I got press releases. You know, you can't ignore it. And so, and that's not lost on coaches. They pay attention to that stuff. So. All right, so I know you don't like looking at the standings this early. Oh, season, fine. But pull them up. Pull them up where you 
pull them up on your phone. Yep. And look at the Western Conference standings because I want to have a conversation here as to who is in a spot you don't think they will be in at the end of the season, whether good <laughs> or bad. It's just about everybody. I mean, I know. I mean, it's it's crazy <laughs> who's down below the playoff line and who's above it right now. You got Austin in fourth, Rail Salt Lake somehow in second, uh, FC Dallas in fifth, Colorado sixth, LA Galaxy seventh. Uh, and then down below the playoff line, you got Portland, Seattle, Nashville, Kansas City in that order with San Jose and Vancouver rounding out the bottom of the Western Conference. Those two teams still winless. But yeah, I think those those four teams I named off before San Jose and Vancouver will probably work their way up into the playoffs before all is said and done. Well, you're Maybe trying to, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to you're trying to bait me into to taking a run at someone like I did Colorado last year. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, because last Colorado year, hate was unjustified, year, but no, no, it wasn't hate. I just I, I didn't think they were as good as they were. Uh, but you got to remember, I also uh, in that same group, San Jose was at top of the near the top of the conference at that point, yeah. and I was right about them never being near the top of the conference again. So I was fifty fifty on those playoffs. two, right? And I didn't think that um I didn't think that Colorado would stay in that top group. I can't remember if I said top three. I think it was. I did not think that they would stay up that high in the conference. I thought they were more of a middle of the, uh, you know, more of that four or five battling for home field at best. So I was wrong on Colorado, but I was spot on about uh, San Jose last year. But that was that was kind of a gimme. They got off to a really good start. So Colorado clearly listened to the podcast last year because not only did they stay up there, they also went on to only win the Western Conference last year. I know, I know. I just so I mean, if I look at the conference from top to bottom lafc will they be in the top spot at the end of the uh, season no absolutely not um, they'll be up near the top salt they lake really good this year yeah but i don't think that yeah but and salt lake is in number two i believe that they will be somewhere in the top three um salt i think lake. minnesota i think minnesota will be lower than three when the regular season ends unless they score goals austin will not be in the top four at the end of the season, Dallas won't be in number five. Colorado will probably be a little higher than number six. I don't know about the LA Galaxy. Maybe that's where they belong, right in the middle. That's, I think that's right about where they belong. They still are missing pieces. Kevin Cabral is looking more and more like he's a bust every day. Just maybe yeah. not, but bust may be a hard or too strong of a word. Whatever's in between that and just he just didn't work out. I don't know. It's just like he's got, he's clearly got talent. We've seen that over the last year, but. When it comes down to scoring goals, which he needs to do, he just cannot do it for some reason. Yeah. Sounds like a perfect fit for our team for some reason. You know, um, and then you've yeah, got then you've got Houston sitting in eighth right now. Eh, I don't think so. I think you don't they'll be lower. Darwin Quintero at thirty three no, or whatever no, he is. God, no, no, um, no. Because at some point they're going to need him to help out defensively, and then and they'll realize that doesn't. That's what work. They got Hector Herrera coming in for. In yeah. Between. So uh, Portland will be higher than ninth. I don't think they're going to stay that low. Seattle, Seattle. Well, I think they're going to be up more like where uh, LA and you know Colorado are now. I think they'll be uh, you know bottom end of the playoff structure. Seattle will be higher. I don't know about Nashville. I I was I wanted to say earlier, but I didn't dare that they were going to struggle when they came over to the West and they would not be in the top few. But I still think that they're going to be in the playoff mix at the end, so they won't yeah. be that low. You seem to think Kansas City is going to stay down there somewhere. I don't think as low as twelve, but I think they are going to struggle this year. I think it's going outside to be, of the playoffs. You think? 
it's really hard to say that because Peter Vermees is such a good coach in this league. He knows how to get something out of his players. Although yeah, they do yeah. tend to wear out at the end of the season, so they need a really hot start to start the season to kind of eat up that the bad way they end the season. But I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think it's going to be a good-looking San or Kansas City team. Yeah, and then and right now the bottom two teams are San Jose and Vancouver, and uh, they both could be in the bottom at the end. But San Jose it's seems to be really. seems to be destined to 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 win that battle for fourteenth spot. So, all right, so four teams left looking for a win this season after Charlotte got theirs: Montreal, Miami, San Jose, and Vancouver. Who's winning the wooden spoon this year? Out of those four, <sighs> well, what I, what I Cincinnati going to win their fourth in a row? I you know what I, I this might be Cincinnati's year to get off of that because I, it's easy to say San Jose but yet they they held us to one goal so but you know I guess if I had to pick one of them right now San Jose Cincinnati might I don't know I just I think it's going to be between San Jose and Miami because if things keep going like they are in Miami Phil Neville's going to be gone and they don't really have a target that I've heard of that's going to come in and replace him because Miami's just been uh, a bleep show since they came into the league. It's never been run right, run well, I should say. Um, And then San Jose, as we already experienced, we talked about last week, uh, Matisse Almeida doesn't want to be there anymore. The ownership's not letting him out of his contract. (laughs) So he's kind of like a, a, just a lame duck coach who just has no intent to, to try very hard for that team. And he's going to try because he's professional, but He's playing a bunch of guys out of position and a formation that is not really a formation at all. It's just a clump of yeah. players. So San Jose is not very well organized. And you could see from just any time they lost the ball on Saturday, heads went down. And it's just like, oh, gosh, can we just get this game over with? Yeah, Mon- Montreal doesn't have a win yet. Maybe they're That's the surprising. one. Maybe they're the one. I don't know. But I think my, my money would be on San Jose. But I just have a feeling it could be – it could be the East. It could be Miami or Montreal. So we'll see. I think Montreal not having a win yet this season is surprising because they played so yeah, it last is. year with a bunch of young guys. But, but yeah, I think Miami is going to be my pick here. San Jose is a very close second, though. Yeah. Um, all right. Time for our predictor segment. Mm-hmm. And I will let you describe or lay out the rules because I lay out the rules for write that down. So you lay out the rules. <laughs> uh, we each pick three matches in the MLS or uh, international, and uh, you get a point for getting the winner correct. You get a bonus point if you pick the score correctly. Uh, so there's a, a maximum of six points per week, and we'll just keep a tally throughout the season and see where we're at. All right, so last week, nobody got the double points. In nobody game. did, no. So you and I both predicted FC Cincinnati Inter-Miami game. I said Cincinnati would win 1-0 over Inter-Miami. You said Miami would win 3-1. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati won 3-1, so I get the point there. You get no points. <sighs> you said Se- or Seattle would beat Austin 1-0. It was a draw, so no points there. Mm-hmm. We both predicted, obviously, Minnesota-Seattle or San Jose. Uh, I said 3-0. You said 2-1 Minnesota win. Uh, obviously it was just a one nil win. So we each get a point there. And then I predicted LA galaxy would beat Orlando three, one Orlando one. So I get two more points. You get one more point. So that makes, that brings up to a score total score of five to four with you in the lead Dan. So okay. since you are leading, I will let you pick your first game. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with, uh, the USA Mexico match down in Mexico, two, one USA, two, one USA. 
That'd be, I think, the first ever win for the U.S. down in Mexico during Con- or in CONCACAF qualifying. I truly think they're going to win down there. I think we've got them rattled. For them. I believe it would qualify them if Panama lost for the World Cup, which would be a big relief for U.S. men's national yep. team. No, I think, I think we've got, I really do. I think we've got Mexico's number. I think they're going to, the pressure's going to be on them, yep. and I think we win it. Yep, 2-1. I'm with you, but I'm not going 2-1. I'm going the old fabled score in this rivalry, Dosa Cero, 2-0. Yep. 2-0. Okay. Getting a 2-0 win at the Azteca. Just wow. putting that final nail in the coffin uh, in that rivalry, well, at least over the last year and a half, where the U.S. got some big wins over Mexico uh, in those games. So, okay, 2-0 win for the U.S. I'm going out on a limb here. All uh, right. That's my first prediction. I like it. I hope we're right. I hope that's what happens. So, uh, my second predictor is uh, Orlando will not get another West Coast win this week. Uh, Come on. Nope. They're going to lose 3-2 to Portland. By the way, we got to talk about this. At Portland. MLS said they weren't going to do this this year. What's well, that? First uh, play during international breaks. Well, the first chance they get, they're just like, ah, we got three games. We got to have three games. Let's ah, do it. I'm glad we're not. Also, yesterday, Sunday, because we're recording this Monday night, Sunday, they have, or La Liga has El Clasico, one of the biggest games in the world, Real Madrid hosting Barcelona. Yeah. For some reason, the league, MLS, decided, you know what, we got to go up against it. We're going to go <laughs> up against a mano a mano. Austin, Seattle, you're going to be the game that, that takes viewers away from Real Madrid and Barcelona. Oh. And he, when we're trying to lock down a massive TV contract, <laughs> let's boost our numbers some more. This Come is, on. we got to have is, some planning here. Isn't this the league that, that went after uh... – Football on Sundays, and <laughs> I mean, I There's mean, this is the planning with the schedule here. This is not that difficult. This isn't the first time they've went head to head with a with with a giant, and that would be like some of the Sunday picks they did. Was was it Thanksgiving? They went up yeah, against the they NFL. Had, they had a playoff game on Thanksgiving, which Dumb. actually did surprisingly well, considering they're going up against the NFL. But yeah, the NBA gets out of the way of the NFL on on right, right, on because you just why battle, why battle it? They, they own they own Thanksgiving. So and now the NFL is coming for Christmas Day, <laughs> which has generally been the NBA's thing. And I have yeah. a feeling the NBA is going to be like, Nah, you can have it. We're not going to win that one. We'll yeah. take Christmas Eve. You get Christmas Day. Yep. Yeah, I agree. That's what it'll be. But yeah, just like. There has to be some planning here. If you want the most amount of viewers, how about just follow up Real Madrid Barcelona? Why do you have to play the game at the same time? <laughs> follow yeah. up or lead into it. I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense for me. Uh, my second pick of the week. I feel like I always have to have a Cincinnati game in here because it's Cincinnati. But this oh, yeah. one, there's going to be plenty of seats still available. <laughs> Charlotte FC hosting FC Cincinnati. That's going to be one to watch. Whoo! And it's on national television. Can you believe that? It's on Unimas and Tudeyane. Why? On Twitter. Why? We got to put. This is how we promote MLS in this country. Charlotte FC, FC Cincinnati. Yikes, man. Ooh. What's we your all, pick? I'm going Cincinnati to get a win here. They're going to win three in a row, I think, for the first time in their history. Three in a, three in a row, one-nil win for Cincinnati. <laughs> Exciting one-nil win. <laughs> hey, there's going to be open seats in Charlotte at the Bank of America Stadium because they're playing in a football stadium, and it's Cincinnati, so there's not really a big seller coming in. That is, that is also the one I picked for my third one. Okay. Cincinnati 2, Charlotte 2. Whoa. 
Well, you know, <laughs> both teamers. I mean, that could make sense because both teams' defenses kind of suck. So yeah, well, that, makes that makes perfect sense. sense for two two crappy teams to tie two all. <laughs> there you go. My third and final pick is the West Coast or the Western Conference action game: Sporting Kansas City hosting Real Salt Lake. As we mentioned earlier, Sporting Kansas City have not looked good this season. One win, three. Three losses. Real Salt Lake, on the other hand, are at the top of the Western Conference, just on goal differential. LAFC leads them. I'm going with the Real Salt Lake road win, going into Children's Mercy Park, getting a 2-1 win over Sporting Kansas City. 2-1. Okay. All right. So Kansas City's problems would continue, if you're correct. Yes, they would absolutely continue. Now it's that time of the show for Write That Down. Let me bring up. Write That Down. If you haven't been watching us. We have a weekly segment called Write That Down where we make three soccer-related predictions every week. All three are obviously soccer-related. One of them has to be Minnesota United-related. We'll keep track of the goals, uh, the correct predictions. We'll call those goals throughout the year, and most goals at the end of the season wins the coveted golden boot, Dan. A couple things before we make our It's so coveted. It's so coveted we can't find it. Yeah, I I won it last year, but I don't know where I put it on my trophy rack. Uh, an accountability session is what we always do before we get more picks. Uh, Dan, I had one thing come off the board. You had two things. I said at least three MLS teams will move on to the CONCACAF Champions League semifinals. Thank you, New England Revolution, for blowing a 3-0 first leg lead and losing. You kind of botched that one. Only two teams went on, Seattle and NYCFC. They survive on. Uh, you said last week Michael Boxel will not score a goal over San Jose on Saturday, so we both got our gimme picks out of the way. You get one <laughs> correct. You did say Charlotte will be the last team in MLS to get a win, but thanks to their 3-1 win over the New England Revolution, that is not true. So yeah. you had one wrong there. Rotten. I don't think I updated the standings, but I think I have two goals to your one right now. So okay. I still have none, despite – that saying, all right. This thing on the screen saying they have. I feel I feel guilty for the Michael Boxel score, but you know what? That's just my reaction when you pick a gimme. So it's up to you now. Right. This week, if you pick a gimme, then I come back with one the next week. So no how this, this goes, week. how this goes, is up to you. I'm actually going for a big one here. I think this all is right. a big one. I've looked at the schedule. Do it. And we've kind of been ragging on San Jose all show, so I'm going to rag on them a little bit more. Me San too. Jose, Dan, write this down. Will not get their first win until May. I looked at Whoa. the I looked at their schedule in April. I don't believe they can get a win there. The they have a game. I don't remember who it's against. There's the second game in May. I think it might be a little shaky, but I don't think they're going to get their first win until May. Write that down. Why are you smiling? Why are you smiling and laughing? Because I had because I had a San Jose pick that was fairly oh. similar. Are we just going to so. destroy San Jose all show? Yeah, but I'll save mine to last in case I decide okay. not to use it. But um, write this down. For Minnesota United, Tyler Miller will start the next three matches. Whoa. You think Dane St. Clair is going to come back from Canadian men's national team duty and not get back into the starting lineup? I think that clean sheets. I think that he's going to come back and that's going to be Adrian's excuse to get Tyler back in. Because Tyler's been here practicing all week. Tyler's ready to go. You've been traveling. Tyler's back in. He's going to play well enough that he's going to start the next three. Wow. Write that okay. down. Write that down. Write it down. All right, Dan. This was the kiss of death for Adrian Anu last year, so I'm going <laughs> to... Do it again? Great. I'm going to do it again. Luis Amaria, Dan, write this down. <laughs> we'll score double-digit goals for Minnesota this season. 
He can score 10. As long That's as he gets he it, is 10. As long as he gets enough hard opportunities. Because if they're easy, he won't score. As I said on the broadcast, it can't be set on easy mode. It has to be set on all-star mode for him. All right, here's my second one. Write it down. I already said I thought USA was going to beat Mexico. Yep. They will also get a win against Panama, so they will win their next two. I like it. They will win their that'll next be, two. That'll calm a lot of U.S. men's national team fans yep. down because there you go. those two wins moves them on to the World Cup. And that leads right into my third prediction. Dan, write this down. The U.S. men's national team will qualify outright for the World Cup. They will get a top three finish in CONCACAF. They will not have to play the intercontinental nice. playoff game if they get in fourth. So top three finish for the U.S. in CONCACAF men's World Cup qualifying. Write that down. Writing it down. All right, so let's go back to San Jose. Oh, I'm gonna because I pick because last weekend I, I I wrote that down that you know Charlotte will be the last team to get a win in the MLS. I'm gonna ride this horse until it dies. So now San Jose will be the last team to get a win in the MLS. <laughs> write that down. I mean, we both could be right because if they don't get a win yes. until May, then yes. we're both right. Yes. <laughs> so there we go. Oh. So clearly we were not impressed with what San Jose decided to put on the field on Sunday no, or Saturday. No, they were a mess. Oh, they were gosh. a mess. That was really gross soccer from them. I mean, I played, not saying a whole lot for Minnesota that they could only get one goal out of it, but after way, uh, after high school, I played in a men's league, which was somehow a weird combination of uh, of soccer and rugby because it was just – no, because everybody played like goons. Everybody played – really physical and, so and what are you the rest Australian rules football then no it was soccer but they play <laughs> but the referees were terrible and it was just brutal but it, that's what it remind me of it's like how many midfield wait are you a midfielder <laughs> you a midfielder Does I thought I was a play defense are we all one of you guys go play defense <laughs> anyway did yeah, you, you still got your pick coming or are we good no, we, we each did three. So we guys, We're good. Wrap it up. Write it yeah. down. Wrap it up. That has been Write It Down, and that has been Loon Talk for this week. We will be back next week because there's no game this weekend um, for Minnesota um, anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, so we'll be back next week to talk a little bit U.S. men's national team, hopefully qualifying for the World Cup by yes. then. Um, and then uh, we'll preview a little bit the Seattle match coming up next or in, in April, I guess, April 2nd. Yep. Again, that one, April 2nd, can be heard on Score North. On AM1500, Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com with Dan Terra and myself. Pre-match, 6.30 p.m., kickoff at 7 p.m. on April 2nd, hosting the Seattle Sounders at Allianz Field. I cannot wait for that match. It's going to be a really good one, I think. I I do, too. Yep, can't wait. We will talk to you next week, Dan. Adios. We'll see you. Talk to you next week. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.